What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. And you have found our podcast. Thank Woo-hoo! you so much. Thanks. Now, <clears throat> gonna let you in on a little secret here, friends. We are actually recording from the future. The future. <laughs> well, so it's uh, your past and technically it's our past too. But uh, the version of Brent and Zach that you are about to listen to, they are from many years ago. Many uh, moves. Yeah, so we are currently in their future. And so, so what we've Hi done- past Zach. Hi, past Brent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can't hear us, Zach. They, 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 Dang it. That doesn't, that's not how it works. Sorry. Uh, so we, so much has changed over the many years that we've been doing this podcast that we wanted to kind of put a bumper basically in front of some of these episodes uh, right in the early spots. This is it. You're listening to it. Uh, we wanted to kind of tell you some, a few things about us. So first and foremost, we're an independent podcast. We've stayed independent through the whole thing. You've got a whole lot of episodes to listen to. And while we make some gags about uh, advertisers at points, uh, we haven't taken a single advertiser dollar this whole time. It's just for funsies. Um, We really are having a great time doing it. And we think that uh, you honestly, I think that you're going to like listening to it if you get past the first season or two, which is like most things, honestly, right? Like it takes a little bit before you find your groove. Uh, we do have abilities or ways for people to support our show that has changed over the years. Currently we're using buy me a coffee. You can go to our website, uh, Zach will tell us about that in just a second. And hey, we say this in just about every single podcast that we've done. It's still true now. We've added a few more services. If you're liking what you're listening to and you want to tell somebody else about it, they can find us uh, in a lot of places. They can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Spotify. Or no, we think we've had Spotify since a long time. That's from the beginning. Yeah. We also added iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. We've got a little player on our website. They can find us on podcast aggregators. We're We're in a lot of different spots. So, uh, Zach, yeah. if a person wants to get a hold of us and let us know that they've, uh, they've, they've found us and that, uh, that they're enjoying what they've got going on, how might, they, how might they reach out and let us know? Well, that's a good question, Brent. The easiest way to reach out to us is to use that old-fangled technology called email. Yeah. And go walking through the stargate at gmail.com, which yep. is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com precisely Um, as it should be exactly like that uh that has always been the case we also have a facebook page and a facebook group you can go to that uh early on we also were on twitter and so you will hear us talking about twitter uh since we started this podcast twitter has done some weird things and we have said nope that's it we're done Yep. yep so our twitter face twitter page and twitter presence has disappeared yes um since the very beginning, we added our website. We have a website, WTTS.space. Space! Uh, this is really important. This is where you're going to be able to get all of our episodes. They're all online there. Uh, you can access to... Uh, there's a Facebook link there. There's a yep. Discord link there. Yep. Uh, there's um, all sorts of things there. Discord, that's a big thing. Our community lives on Discord more yeah. than any place else. That's right. Uh, so go to our website, WTTS.space. Oh, space. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Go to our website and click on the Discord link and join us there. Uh, The other thing that's changed is uh, eventually we decided that uh, I needed a new computing device. And so we got onto the Patreons. Yeah. 
Uh, and we did Patreon for about uh, two and a half years or so. A little while, um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but uh, we decided that that wasn't a platform that's working well for us. And so we have shifted gears to, I think you mentioned it earlier, buy me a coffee. Yep. Uh, there are different tiers and things. You can find information by going to our website, wtts.space. Space! And then clicking on the lower right-hand corner, there's a little coffee icon. Click on that. That'll get you to that. Yep. Uh, and you'll have all the information that you need there to support us if you wish on that. Yeah, totally. And I, w- if you were actually thinking about that, I would expect that you'd be thinking about that like after many episodes, not the first one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, you know, uh, the the content is all been free. We don't have not kept anything behind a paywall. Nope. Uh, when we had the Patreon, we had some things that were Patreon first, but all of that stuff went out onto the main feed, and yep. you'll hear that as you go along. Um, this is just a way people said they wanted to support us, which flabbergasts me, no, frankly. It's fantastic. But it's awesome. Uh, and so this is how, uh, if you want, you can. Yeah. That's all it is. That's, That's all it. it is. Okay. So, uh, uh, thanks for listening to this bumper. Uh, I hope you enjoy, uh, the episode that is to come. Yeah. Uh, and we will see you in your future. Yeah. Uh, it's right. So to see it all comes back full circle. That's how it works. Absolutely. All right. Have fun. What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode two. Oh, I think I stole your line, Zach. No, no, that's all right. You take it. Okay. So it's all about you. (laughs) After all, it's all about me. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode two. And we're going to be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, The Enemy Within. Uh, since our last recording, we uh, got our act together and we created an email for ourselves. So you can uh, you can reach out to us uh, at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. And that's just exactly how it sounds. W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E. Once you type it all out, give yourself a pat on the back because it's a long one. Walking through the Stargate at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, watching episodes of Stargate. Uh, I'm brand new to the series. I have never seen Stargate before. And Zach's brand new to podcasting. That's true. Stargate is one of my favorite shows, and uh, we're just having fun uh, introducing each other to uh, some fun activities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are you ready for a few background facts about this show, The Enemy Within? Yeah, hit me. All right. Sure. So, this show is written by Brad Wright. Uh, he was one of the developers of the show, uh, from the movie to the, the TV screen. Uh, and we'll see his name all over the place throughout all ten seasons of Stargate. Uh, this is directed by Dennis Barry, and this is his first of only two episodes that he directed for Stargate. The second's going to come in just a few weeks. And The Enemy Within first aired on August 1st, 1997. So, mm-hmm. uh, Brent, if you think about that, that was almost 21 years ago from where <laughs> we are right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's almost old enough to go get a beer. Yeah, I know. You just give it a couple more weeks and it can drink. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Okay, so uh-huh. uh, a couple of things about this episode. Uh, there's a, se- uh, there's a uh, scene where Kowalski is getting an MRI, and there's a couple things. One, the machine that is supposed to give him an MRI is actually not an MRI. It's a PET uh, imaging Mm. device. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it is actually a real 
uh, operative, or was an operative device at the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was uh, uh, used in the early 90s in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, and they uh, grabbed it for this show here. Um, Also, um, now I'm going to put this out there. I'm not a military guide, so I'm pulling this off of some of the trivia from IMDb. Uh, but uh, apparently in the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, you don't generally salute indoors unless you're formally reporting to a commander. Hmm. Uh, but if you watch this episode, you will see them salute each other left and right all over the place. Yeah, uh, and kind of sloppily, too. And very sloppily. Yeah, I was in yeah. a, a play. One of the things I do, I do a lot of community theater. And I was in a play, uh, A Few Good Men, not too long ago. And uh, uh, they were really hammering into our heads how to salute properly and how mm-hmm. to stand yeah. at attention, all of that stuff. And and uh, apparently they didn't take those same lessons for Stargate. But <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, finally, this I I noticed this a long, long time ago, and I think it is absolutely hilarious, Brent. I don't know if you noticed it, but when Teal'c is in uh, the holding cell and uh, uh, O'Neill comes and talks to him there, and they do a close up of Teal'c, uh, you look at that gold emblem on his forehead, and it is actually upside down. I did not notice that. So um, I think I can be forgiven for not noticing it because I have only seen the emblem on his head now for probably a, and that was at the in the holding cell. So that was kind of early on in the episode. Yep, yep. So I've seen the emblem on his head for probably a grand total of like fifteen minutes of screen time. Fair enough. I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, later on in the episode, uh, it, it you do see it on his forehead, the correct direction. And as far as I know, uh, this is the only time that that particular screw-up happened. And so that's my trivia for this show. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, uh, let's kick this thing off here with a quick synopsis of The Enemy Within. Are yeah. you ready? Go for it. All right. Yeah. So, General Hammond is briefing Colonel O'Neill and Major Kowalski on two options for recon missions, P-3575 and P-3877. O'Neill and Kowalski banter back and forth trying to decide which team will scout which planet when the klaxons go off and the Stargate activates. The SGC calls for defense teams to stand by while Hammond orders the self-destruct system to begin the countdown. You see, the Gua'uld's are attacking the base— but the SGC is protected by their iris on the Stargate. After the Stargate closes, the defense teams stand down and the auto-destruct is canceled. Kowalski quips that he kind of wants them to break through so that they can give him the fight they're looking for. But the conversation is cut short when Kowalski experiences a splitting headache. Concerned, O'Neill orders him to sickbay to get checked out. As Kowalski leaves, the gate turns back on as the Gua'uld attack begins again. The SGC starts their cycle all over. Later, Colonel Jack O'Neill enters the General's office. What's the bad news, General? Hammond is rejecting O'Neill's request. Teal'c cannot join SG-1. Instead, Colonel Kennedy from the Pentagon will be arriving shortly to ask questions of Teal'c. And after the questions, tests! Frustrated, O'Neill pleads his case, reminding the general that Teal'c did not save his team just so he could become a lab subject. O'Neill goes to visit Teal'c, who is staying in the holding cell. Teal'c is a prisoner despite all that O'Neill has done. 
You see, humans are often scared of what they don't know, and they don't know very much about Teal'c and his former masters. O'Neill isn't afraid because he saw Teal'c stand up to a god and refuse to kill. Hopefully, one day Teal'c will be able to prove his loyalty, and Jack will be able to show the Jaffa the wonders of the planet Earth. As the doctor examines Kowalski, and despite Kowalski's pleads to just give him something for the pain, the doctor discovers that the Major was taken over by a ghoul. The Major's eyes glow and he lashes out at the doctor, killing him. Kowalski is found moments later in the embarkation room, staring at the gate. He's confused. He doesn't know how he got there. Back at the infirmary, a new doctor orders an MRI right away. Colonel Kennedy finally meets Teal'c and questions him. The Gua'uld rule by force, and their numbers are growing. They rule over many worlds, but they are, there are plenty of worlds out there that the Gua'uld have no use for. These worlds are left to their own devices. Still, the Gua'uld have no need for peace and no desire to negotiate. Teal'c also reveals that all these people across the galaxy were originally taken from the Tauri, to some, for some to become hosts, others Jaffa, and the rest slaves. But this world has been lost. Kennedy explains to Teal'c that humans evolved on Earth. Earth is the birthplace of all the people across the galaxy. You are their greatest hope, and mine says Teal'c. Back in the infirmary, Kowalski is given an MRI. Wait a second. Is, is that a Gua'uld? Okay, stay calm. Stay calm. Uh, <laughs> Major, uh, we're done here, but I'm taking you off active duty for now. In response, Kowalski's eyes glow as he attacks a second doctor. This time, the doc is able to set off the alarms. The Gua'uld inside Kowalski makes his way toward the gate, not letting anyone get in his way. Captain Carter tries to stop him, but is captured and used as a human shield. Protected by the, the captain, Kowalski makes his way into the elevator on his way to the gate. In the elevator, Kowalski throws Carter against the wall, knocking her out. O'Neill, Jackson, and several guards are positioned by the door to the elevator, waiting for whatever may come through. When the doors open, though, the Major is hunched over Captain Carter. She's hurt bad, he cries. And again, he has no idea what's been going on. Kowalski is now strapped to a table. Everyone now knows that an infant Gua'uld has taken him as a host. But because the snake is an infant, it can't seem to take full control of the Major. The plan? Remove the Gua'uld from Kowalski. Will it work? Maybe. Will he be able to walk afterwards? Not likely. Just ask for whoever you need to help and we'll get them here. Says the, says the general. Let me know as soon as we can remove it. Sitting around the conference table, General Hammond holds a meeting to discuss their options. Colonel Kennedy has a recommendation. If the surgery to remove the Gua'uld moves forward, the Gua'uld will certainly die. And Kowalski only has a 10-12% to 12% chance of surviving. 
But the Gulwuld has genetic memory. This infant Gulwuld possesses all the knowledge of the formidable enemy. We should skip the procedure, accepting Kowalski as lost, and interrogate the Gulwuld for information and for study. Appalled by Kennedy's lack of ethics, Hammond states definitively that so long as there's a snowball's chance in hell, we'll take it to save an officer. Soon, Teal'c allows the medical staff to examine himself and his symbiote as they prepare for the operation. On the operating table, Kowalski asks the general to give the order. Either he will wake up himself, or he won't wake up at all. The order is given. The surgery seems to go smoothly, and it doesn't seem to take long before the Gua'uld is removed and their attempt deemed a success. Waking up, Kowalski seems to be no more worse for wear. He's alive, and he can walk. Back to Colonel Kennedy. He has his orders. He'll be returning to the Pentagon with Teal'c. Teal'c is now the only option they have to study the Gua'uld. But before Teal'c is forced to leave, Kowalski asks for a moment with him. As they look at each other in the infirmary, suddenly Kowalski's eyes glow again. The Gua'uld deceived them all. The Gua'uld had won. The Gua'uld barrels past the Jaffa and books it back to the Stargate. He sets the auto-destruct and sets the gate coordinates for Chulak and heads to the embarkation room. But when he arrives... Teal'c is once again standing on the ramp to block the gate, to block his path. With the klaxons blaring, O'Neill and Hammond head to the control room to assess the situation. Surprised that the Gua'uld could set the auto-destruct, they quickly work to turn it off. And with the auto-destruct cancelled, they are able to raise the blast shield and look on as Teal'c and the Gua'uld wrestle in front of the gate. Getting on the intercom, O'Neill calls out to Teal'c, Hold him there! Teal'c manages to hold the Gua'uld's head partially in the wormhole. Shut it down! Now! says the colonel, and with O'Neill's order, the gate shuts down, slicing the back of Kowalski's head clean off. The threat is gone. So is O'Neill's friend. Teal'c's help in stopping the enemy with the SGC gives Hammond the ammunition he needs to convince the president to overrule Kennedy and allow Teal'c to remain at the SGC as a member of SG-1. With that, the team of Colonel Jack O'Neill, Captain Samantha Carter, Dr. Daniel Jackson, and Teal'c line up on the ramp to the gate, prepared to head off on their first mission together, a standard recon mission to P-3575. The end. The end. Yes. There you go. That is The Enemy Within. So, Brent, what do you think? What did you think of the show? So, um, I definitely was uh, thinking that this is quite evidently still season one. There's still a lot of uh, there's a lot of camaraderie that needs to be built up between the cast and to get to sort of that 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 groove that they that they need going. Uh, not for lack of trying, the uh, you know that that hard coded laughter at the beginning where they were debating as to which systems that they're going to be going to 
Was it uh, P35-5782? I want P36-2879. Oh, man, I thought I was going to get P36-2879. No, I'm not convinced. I'm not sold on it. I, you know, if you want it, you can have it. It's okay. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. Hey, how about yeah, you go where was... I tell you? <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's like, snarf. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was... It, it, I, I am by no means am I like judging the entirety of this thing on uh, you know the first few episodes, and plus it's you know it's it's a television show. Of course, it's going to have uh, ups and downs. Uh, that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, I was though. Um, I did jam on the familiarity of that mid to late '90s science fiction uh, episodic pace where. Uh, last week, we spent uh, two hours on an alien world uh, trying to overcome obstacles placed on us from not being within the confines of, of planet Earth. And this episode, we spend the entire thing inside the base, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> including including the ease of setting up the set, because all you're doing is just moving the cameras around from uh, from one room to the other and changing the dressings a little bit. Again, that sounds like a criticism, and it certainly is not like a high compliment. But on the same token, it was kind of, kind of nice to like be like you know. It made me feel like a teenager because that's what that's what television was like when I was a teenager, right? That's very true. All right. So things that I did like, uh, I <laughs> found it awesome and hilarious, and I'm confident it was unintentional. But I'm going to believe that it was totally intentional. Everybody in that base is ice cold, man. If they are constantly setting an, a nuclear detonation self-destruct thing every time that gate opens and getting within seconds of it detonating only to be like, yep, totally cool. Let's shut this thing down. <laughs> awesome. Oh, it, gate's firing up again. Start the destruction sequence again. And everyone's just like, yep, got it taken care of. Like those people have come to terms with their mortality in a way that I have not yet come to terms with. <laughs> because they are so ice cold about the whole thing. It was really, really funny. Uh, another good thing I it's cheesy, but I kind of, you know, it, it, um, Gandalf on the bridge at uh, Barodum had not yet said, you shall not pass. But uh, here was Teal. Yeah, he was he was there right there saying, well, I, it wasn't you shall not pass. I think it was you will not pass. Or it was. Yeah, you. I don't remember. But something like that. It wasn't you shall not pass, but it was. But like, it was darn close. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then and then Kowalski dying. Like I gotta tell you, I didn't see that coming. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. yeah. I mean, like even throughout the entirety of the episode, I was thinking to myself, you know, all right, how are they gonna, you know, how are they gonna save the day? How are they gonna find a way to, you know, get Kowalski back? Because mm-hmm. Kowalski mm-hmm. was a major supporting character in the movie, and he was a major supporting character in the pilot episode, and of course, this episode is very much about him, and so like. I was fully in the headspace of, yeah, Kowalski's going to make it somehow, right? You know, they're going to yeah. figure out a way. Yeah. And uh, the surgery, um, I got to be honest, the, the the outcome of the surgery was a bit of a gotcha on me, right? Okay, At first yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, do you, boy, that was convenient, right? Yeah. Like, like that, that, that didn't really seem to take that much effort. Wow. This is kind of a crummy. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not him. It's the gold. Yeah. 
So that one got me. I'll, I'll admit it, it. That one, I was not expecting that, which, you know, color me naive, but whatever that, well, that, you know, that happened. It, it's really, it's, it's kind of neat to hear you say that. Cause, uh, I've seen this episode so many times. I don't mm-hmm. remember how I reacted to it. The very first time I saw it. Um, well, it, it also puts things into a bit of new light. You were going over the synopsis, right? And Kowalski at the beginnings, you know, he, 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 uh, observes that he wants to get wants the ghoul to get through because he wants to give them the fight they're looking for. Right. And at the time I was like boy that's a that's that's a machismo thing to say. Um but you know hey there's there's this character and he's saying this fine. Uh but now uh rethink you know listening to you say that within the context of the entire story which I now know because I've seen the episode I'm now wondering was that him saying that was that Kowalski saying it or was that the ghoul saying yeah. it Yeah you know I I've, I've thought about that I've actually you know you know processed that you know is, is that the ghoul saying that or is that Kowalski mm-hmm. saying I think that it's actually Kowalski just being macho saying yeah. that um uh, the reason I say that uh, is because they seem to talk uh, as the episode progresses that the ghoul can seem to take control of him when he is otherwise unconscious or when he's on enough pain meds that yeah. that that he doesn't feel anything. And so there are moments where that infant ghoul can take control of him. Um, but, you know, maybe uh, maybe that was the ghoul. Um, trying to be all sly, all, you know. Sly, although there's no evidence. Well, there's a little bit of evidence there at the end where he does fool everybody. So maybe he can pull right. it off. Um, he he's pretty aggressive, the ghoul world, uh, for a good long chunk of that time. Though. Well, he's a teenager. Well, he's an infant. Who knows what he is? <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of sorting out to do. Yep. Well, yep. not anymore. He's dead. He'd he be dead. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I know I was ragging on it a little bit at the start, but I'm going to rag on it some more because there was just a couple of things that I just were just, I was laughing about it. Right. So my girlfriend and I were watching the episode together and she and I both were just like, really this, I, I, I'm, I know that this can be explained in the construct of the Gould still being in control of Kowalski, but his recovery after the surgery was astonishing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. I mean, it was like I mean, a couple of hours later and he's all like sitting up in his bed, like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I, I will say, I, I will say that uh, we find out as the story progresses that Gould have remarkable healing power properties, powers and whatnot yeah. beyond simply the, the, um, uh, sarcophagus that we saw in sure. in in the movie and such, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just hilarious. Well, also, also like, the the surgery, the like. Uh, so there's a ten percent chance he's going to die, and if he doesn't right. die, he's going to be quadriplegic or at least a paraplegic. And I'm thinking, okay, that is you know, if you accidentally snip the 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 spinal cord and all of that stuff. Um, that is not something the Gould should be able to fix quite so easily. But well, there's, but also like the amount of like back that they would have to like open up to get. I mean, I don't think that this was an orthoscopic surgery. Maybe that's what I'm really getting at. Oh no, is is that they, it, there was nothing about the whole thing that made me think to myself that they were working in a tiny, tiny incision. It sounded to me like they had this guy cut wide open to get at that thing. Yeah, yeah. And here he is, just like springing back, no problem at all. Yeah, that, that's not very realistic. Um, uh, that that would be for me one of the biggest, um, really, 
parts yeah. of this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, well, you, except for I think that there's a bigger, like, really part of the episode. Okay. And unfortunately, it's something that they're obviously trying to set up for the season. Jackson's emotional conviction when talking about Sharae and the opportunity to save her is not at all convincing. (laughs) (laughs) He he is saying the lines because they are written, but there is nothing about that performance that's making me say, oh, he's really concerned. He's He's got the concerned eyes, but that's about it. Well, the first part of the the first time he starts talking about that, he is you know exhausted um, just before he walks in and finds the the first doctor dead. Um, so I'll give him a a, a pass on that one. Um, but it is kind of a uh, uh, just kind of a, a whitewashed response to everything. I'll, I'll buy that. It's yep. it it just feels it it feels manufactured. It it has to be manufactured, right? Like. I understand they're trying to write a television show and they're trying to find their footing. And, you know, they established in the pilot that these two beloved characters have been snatched away. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them being the spouse of one of our main characters. And you got to have something to do for this season. Um, so I understand all of that. And yet it's still just like, yeah, so there's the possibility that there's still something inside Charay. Oh, that's 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 good. That's good news. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off stage now. <laughs> so I'm on my ex, and I have said my lines, and then yeah. I look at you, and then I turn and I walk off to the other ex. <laughs> because I got another performance here across the uh, you know I gotta be on stage, stage three here, so. here in ten minutes. Yeah, Can you yeah. Speed this up? <laughs> I hear they got an opening in uh, uh, in Voyager that I think I might be a good fit for. So. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Although uh, this was filmed, I believe in Canada. Uh, at least the later it, seasons it be was filmed walk. in Canada. I'm, I think the earlier ones yeah. too, but I'm not positive on that. Voyager was not filmed in Canada. You're wrong. I'm wrong. All right. So what about you? What do you think was uh, good, bad, uh, and different? So you know, full disclosure, uh, I, I watched this episode uh, three times of the last two weeks, and I wasn't <laughs> able to get any specific notes written. Um, because I was busy doing all sorts of other things. Yeah, uh, no, that's so okay. So this is going to be kind of off the cuff. You know, yeah. you talked about the 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 bantering at the beginning being a little bit stilted. I kind of like that. Um, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's I've seen it so many times. I don't know, but uh, I I thought you know it's just kind of fun. I thought it, it helped establish. Uh, the new sense of who Colonel O'Neill is going to be, because uh, Richard Dean Anderson's O'Neill is going to be different than than mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Russell's. Uh, I kind of like that. You didn't care much about it, but that's okay. Uh, I, I kind of thought that bickering was fine. Uh, incidentally, uh, I did have to go and watch it and pay attention that at the very end they do get sent to five seven five and not eight seven seven. So um, there you have it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there was that, uh, we talked about the, 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 um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about right there. So, totally. uh, yeah, the, uh, Kowalski recovering from the surgery. There it is. My brain mm-hmm. finally yep. got it there. There we go. Welcome All back. Right. 
So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and, and I have always thought that, you know, the whole surgery and recovery is so 90s television. Uh, it's yeah. clean. There's no blood whatsoever. You know, right, right. There, there's a little bit of goo, you know, uh, you know, but it's, but it's alien goo. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, it's like Nickelodeon. And, goo. and I mean, you know, even I mean, it doesn't work for television. Right. But even if uh, it was a relatively small incision. On his spine, where it would be, he would not be lying yeah. on his back in the next no, scene. No, <laughs> no, no. Not only would he not be lying on his back, he wouldn't be in a position where he was kind of holding himself up, sort of. Oh. He would be laid out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's definitely some some uh, TV magic happening. TV magic, right there. Yeah. Um, uh I did like the interactions between O'Neill and Hammond uh, at various points along the show as they were kind of debating one of these. Although, that said, um, I've always thought that uh, uh, Hammond's character in these first few episodes especially is really just kind of uh, a gruff and and the, the stereotypical general of the military base type of thing. Um, uh, not to spoil things too much, but he does soften a little bit and, and grows a character. Uh, so that's good to hear because uh, my girlfriend mentioned that apparently he's playing almost the exact same character he plays in Twin Peaks, another show which I have never seen. I've Don't never seen Twin Peaks, World. so I can't speak to that. Um, yeah, but good to hear that uh, he he uh, grows as a character. Uh, a totally uh, uh, tangential aside here. Uh, Don S. Davis, who plays General Hammond, uh, worked with uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson on MacGyver. Uh, Don S. Davis oh. was like the the light stand-in for uh, one of O'Neill, uh, one of MacGyver's uh, buddies, and it's hmm. been so long since I've seen MacGyver that 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 I can't remember who it was and blah 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 all of that stuff but but there's that connection there um yeah uh that that's totally an aside it has nothing to do with this episode whatsoever no, but, but hey, you know, you know it's, it's fun there you that's go. good um yeah um i i also thought that uh, the whole i understand uh the need for kennedy to come in there and want to take Teal'c away and all of that stuff. And, and you know, part of what this episode is trying to do is establish a reason why uh, Teal'c can be part of SG-1. I get all of that stuff, but it just happens very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, frankly, I mean, if you didn't trust the man and, you know, you kind of questioned that, um, but then after he, you know allows himself to be examined pre-operation and then afterwards he he fights him and is able to uh be part of the the group that 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 stops the enemy and all of that stuff that's what it takes really right is that really what it takes um yeah it it, all it takes is just uh you know (laughs) all it takes is contributing to the death of one of the original team members and you're in (laughs) Yeah, that's it. This one died. We have room for another. Welcome. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I really buy that so much. That, um, but still... Um, it's sprinkled with the same magic TV dust that made Kowalski able to sit in his bed and... Uh, it's just that it's just that really handy Deus Ex Machina that uh, comes when you only have thirty eight minutes of content to write. Yep, yep, yeah. But uh, you know, hey, otherwise, uh, I enjoyed the episode. So I think, unless you have anything more to add, I think we're about mm-hmm. ready to the spot where uh, we decide to rank this episode. Yeah. All right. So uh, ranking is at a seven <laughs> chevrons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm gonna give this one. I'll give mine first. Um, okay. I actually like this episode overall. Um, it's got its problems. I'll, I'll grant you that. Um, and it really does function a lot like uh, pilot episode two, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or part two or whatnot. <laughs> it, it's it's mm-hmm. very much connected to the pilot. Um, as, as a means to help set the stage. You know, we learned that, that the Gua'uld have a genetic memory. We learned that the Jaffa and the Gua'uld yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, don't communicate with each other uh, in any meaningful way. Uh, you know, you get a little bit of, of camaraderie starting to build between the main characters, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really is very much like a, a, a pilot part two. But still, uh, I, I, overall, I think I like this. I'm going to give this one uh, out of seven chevrons. I think I'm going to give it five. I'll give it five chevrons. Five chevrons. Five chevrons. I think we're going to disagree on this in here. I think you're right. Um, so uh, even within the context of mid to late 90s television mid to late 90s science fiction television um episodic nature while still trying to drive an overarching uh, overarching uh story within the within the series uh this just still smacks i think that when you i think you said it a pretty good way when you said it was like pilot part two um it's forgivable there are so many other episode or uh, uh series out there that are you know that first season is a rough thing you got to give it time to percolate and to let those relationships form and let the writers figure out what these characters are actually about and the actors to figure out how to play those characters and their motivations and once that all gels man it just starts humming but episode three of season one is almost never where that happens and i definitely think that it was showing here too everybody was given it their all but nothing has congealed yet and as a result the story was laughable in some cases it was a little stilted it was uh, overly rushed in some cases um i'm right there with you they had to hit some points we now know some good information uh, we got a little bit of shakeup on the team, although, uh, you know, it, 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 well, I guess maybe it, I don't know this for a fact, but it feels like this is like the final formation of the team. That's that shot at the end, just before they all walk through the, through the gate, um, you know, where everybody hits their marks perfectly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. We're all in our line <laughs> in a perfect line. It was a really pretty shot. Um, uh, you know, it had that look. Uh, of like this is the team at least for this season um and so uh you know all that stuff said it just i have the distinct impression that if i had never seen this episode i probably wouldn't miss information that i wouldn't pick up later so as a result i'm only going to give this thing two chevrons two out of seven chevrons two. Oh, two. ouch yeah 
That's yeah, it's right. pretty yeah. pretty rough. Yep, yep. Okay. Well, Brent gives it two chevrons. He didn't much care for the episode. I liked it a lot more. I give it five chevrons. Uh, I, I'm much more. I, I I'm I'm trying to step back a little bit and and imagine you know if I if I had never seen this and was watching it for the first time, what would I? And, and I, I can't do it. I, I've seen too mm-hmm. much of the show. I, I've I've sure. you know I'm immersed too much into the whole whole lore. Um, so I'm going to hold by my five chevrons. No, no, it's, it is totally fine. I mean, I can totally also see, uh, presuming at the end of this, I adore these characters. I, I can probably imagine looking back at this kind of with some like nostalgia of like, oh yeah, look at that. Then when they were a little awkward, (laughs) they they hadn't really figured out exactly how to play their characters yet. This is really cute. Oh, isn't that sweet? Grab isn't that their cheeks. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Especially, uh, 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 what's his name? Judge. Christopher? Christopher Judge? Christopher Judge, who plays Steel? Yeah. Christopher Judge. The man with... <laughs> Is his chin and cheekbones, were they like artificially constructed or something? Because those things are just like... No, that's bam. him. Bam. He, he's... Yeah. He was a football player. Yeah. Uh, and he looks it. Um, well, with his build, yeah, yeah but like yeah. that's a uh, that's a that's a baby face. Uh, something of a, a goldish tint in his makeup. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, they don't add to his cheeks or his jaw or anything. No, that's no, just him. yeah, that's just him. I'm confident there's no like uh, there's no prosthetics or anything happening. Right, like, right. but there's probably a decent amount of uh, blush to make those uh, cheekbones pop. Yeah, that could be. Because dang, they pop. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So I think that's about it for The Enemy Within. Uh, Next Mm -hmm. time we're going to be looking at episode uh, four of the Mm -hmm. series. Uh, And Brent, I'm going to give you the name. And I want you to uh, imagine what you think it might be about. The name in episode four is Emancipation. What do you think Emancipation Hmm. is about? Uh, emancipation is when um, General Hammond and his merry band finally have enough with the uh, sloppy handling of this thing that the President of the United States is having. I mean, after all, who gives these guys free reign? And so he decides to take it upon himself to uh, liberate the SG-1 group uh, and bring them back into a much stricter military style. And he calls in the Marines, much to the chagrin of his Air Force uh, comrades, and uh, brings about a complete new order to the team. Wow. Now, is that is that off? That's probably off the mark. That okay? So so uh, you know that little X uh, that you're supposed yeah. to hit mark, and and and, and that's not it. Oh, <laughs> so well. Then I guess I'll have to find okay. out. I imagine. I imagine. In truth, it's probably going to be so. Emancipation. We're probably going to go to some world. We might go back to Chulak. Uh, we might uh, might find some more slaves. And we might uh, might we might uh, get them free. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's uh, watch uh, the the trailer for Emancipation, and uh, then you can give me your initial feedback on that. Sure. All right. All right. 
So, uh, so for all you out there, we're gonna pull the curtain back, and, and we're sitting in uh, different rooms in different states with different computers, and we're going to try to hit play on YouTube at about the same time, so we can listen to it. Hopefully, in post, we get it all cleaned up, so that you don't have so, to worry uh, about the craziness. Before we dive too far in, I mean, uh, as one of my favorite podcasters talks about, like, uh, what's in the show is in the show, and maybe this will never air. Um, so. Zach, you told me that you had uh, you had a link around here somewhere, but I don't think I spotted it. Oh, is it? Is it? No, it's not this two forty two minutes forty five seconds. I'm trying to find. No, no. no. Uh, so I'm trying to find the trailer. So, so okay, you know, walking with the, walking. <laughs> this is this is great podcasting here. This is so interesting. So walking so through good. the Stargate at Gmail, yeah. right? Go to yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, YouTube and Gmail are are in bed together, right? Oh, that's right. So go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and yeah. and with the the walking through the Stargate uh, yeah. uh, login, uh, yeah. then go to the playlists. Yeah. Yep. Your own personal yep. playlist. Because yep. 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 this is I yep. put. Yep. Yep. Got it. And there there's thirty one seconds. Episode promos. Got it. All right. So All right. emancipation. Are you ready? I am uh, almost ready. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Right. Ready? Okay, ready. ready. Okay, go. Okay. Oh shoot, my audio is on a different <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, I've got no audio. That's okay. That's okay. All right. So we got like this we got this uh, far east thing going on here. We got ooh kissing. Uh and we're going to have some fisticuffs. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Yep. And uh, sagely Far Eastern people. Oh, boy. Oh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Stargate SG-1. Okay. All right. So. All right. um, All right. Emancipation. So we're going to have ourselves some, like, uh, some, some, some yurts. We're going to have some yurt action. Yeah, there are going to be some yurts. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So we'll have to uh, wait until uh, next time. To learn all about the episode Emancipation. Well, but one thing I don't I don't I didn't see anything where General Hammond was uh, becoming a Marine. That's because you missed the mark, <laughs> my friend. Okay, the mark is a dot. <laughs> yeah, and it was in the wrong spot. Okay. <laughs> well, I look forward to watching it. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's about it. So with that, cool. uh, I'm Zach, and I'm Brent. And you've been listening to Walking Through the Stargate. Uh, talk to you next time. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.